Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Like they can reverse engineer everything going forward. This is why you had to agree to the damn playoff. With SI's Pat Forty. The best thing the Big 12 did, really the kind of luckiest thing they did, was to get rejected by the Pac-12. Here's Pat and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod, Pat. You were like myself, spent much of the weekend chatting with uh, industry types, trying to interview, trying to find out what's going on, texting ADs serving as practically emotional support animals for some of these people. Possibly emotional support turkeys. We might get to that. We might get an emotional support turkey. Felt like the emote. Yeah. Bleak and uncertain days in college athletics have hit. Woo! I mean, it's 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 not good. Like, it's not good for a lot of people. But if you're, I mean, you do understand some of these people work in this industry. <laughs> I mean, you look at some of the money invested by universities that could blow up. Yeah, not good. Let's start with this. Pac-12 conference, just moments uh, before we started taping this show, put out this brief statement. The Pac-12 Board of Directors, probably Pac-10 at this point, met this morning and authorized the conference to immediately begin negotiations for its next media rights agreements. That's it. So the Pac-12 is trying to be aggressive and clearly trying to hold this thing together. Now, since the emergency pod, not much has happened other than uh, the Big Ten essentially telling everyone we ain't doing anything right now. Now, two days from now, maybe, <laughs> but right now. And so Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, we got your friend request. <laughs> we saw you on Tinder. <laughs> we're not swiping left, but we're not swiping right. <laughs> We're not swiping. We may go back to you. So taken at that, this is obviously a move by the other remaining schools that know the peg, the Big Ten is just not going to, uh, the Big Ten's not adding the Arizona, you know, unless they take them all, but there wouldn't be a value. So you have, you have, you know, Washington State sitting there saying, lock them up. So for Oregon and Washington, particularly, who are dying to get out and are seemingly the most valuable entities that have, or the most attractive, uh, what's remaining at the, uh, Late night at the bar, <laughs> all the other, all the other choices have left. They're trying to link them up and saying you're stuck with us, and let's let's sign a five year, ten year deal, something like that, uh, and let's begin negotiations immediately. Yeah, 
That that seems like a signal. We are trying to hold the fort together. We are going to do our best to keep Oregon and Washington in the fold by getting a deal on the table. And given the fact that right now Oregon and Washington don't have their desired landing spot, which would be the Big Ten theoretically, they may be more willing to listen than get into some sort of joint venture with the Big 12 or go to the Big 12 or try some you know, extreme bi-coastal deal with the ACC. So I think this is, it's the only move the Pac-12 has at this moment right now. It's like, okay, we're just going to try. The, the best way to lock up the the people that we have is to f- let's find out our marketability. Let's see what ESPN, which will almost assuredly, it seems, be the prime bidder for the Pac-12. What are they willing to put on the table for us and how can we make this attractive yeah and then you can't go and so we'll see now espn is the most likely the pac-12 is is most appealing to espn over the others so right now we're looking at espn obviously we're looking at fox those are the two big dogs broadcasting nbc which has notre dame but would like to build out around Notre Dame and also have a game every single week. They only get Notre Dame home games. So they really struggle to get anyone other than Notre Dame fans to watch. You then have CBS, which lost the SEC and needs as much stuff for its CBS sports network, you know, the the, the basketball, the side programming. Uh, You have Turner, TBS, TNT. They're trying to kind of get involved. They're interested. And then you have Apple, Amazon, and, you know, who the hell knows? Hulu, AskJeeves.com. Who knows what's going to, you know, jump in here? <laughs> I, I don't think that's been around since TBS actually had a Thursday night game. I think it's probably still around. It's probably still around. Listen, you don't know. You don't know. In some form or fashion, everything's still around. Did you <laughs> Did you think USC would be in the Big Ten? You can't rule anything out right <laughs> So those are it. ESPN has the greatest need or interest in Pac-12 football because it needs a television window late at night. Yes. Pac- Pac-12 after dark. That's not going to happen on NBC. They're not no. just going to show, like, you know, Arizona State playing Utah at, at 10 o'clock and run into Saturday Night Live and, and preempt your local news. That's not happening. So right. ESPN's there. So, yeah. This is the the probably the only move for the Pac-12. Now there was a estimation over the weekend that uh, in Sports Business Journal that Pac-12 deal that might have been worth five hundred million is now worth three hundred per year. Uh, that's not good. There's less no. mouths to feed. I'm no. sure they will look and say, does it help to bring San Diego State in? Mm-hmm. Does Boise State add anything? Do we need twelve teams just for the strength of size? Does UNLV do anything? Uh, you know, I mean, everything's on the table at this point. It's all hands on deck with an idea. So if you're looking to apply, send your, you know, Gonzaga, can we get you for basketball only? Who knows? But that's that's pretty much their only play is to try to link Oregon and Washington up and have them sit there and say, all right, I got to settle. I got to go with you because no one else wants me at this moment. But this will be considerably less money than they were going to get. And I'll get to how that's important to the Big Ten as well. Uh, what, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, they're doing what they have to do. But, boy, yeah, they are taking a much weaker product to the table. And not only – the, I think you and I, might, we might even have been talking to some of the same people over the weekend. I'm sure we were. I, you, yeah. Uh, 
there was just some th- some things in what you wrote that were similar to what things that I had been told. And not only does Stanford, I'm sorry, USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten help the Big Ten and hurt the Pac-12, it also hurts what ESPN can put on the air. They just don't have as attractive as a commodity. And I think Fox is very much in the mood to hurt ESPN and vice versa these days. Our, our former uh, podcast uh, sidekick, Pete Thamel, had something today pointing out that one reason the SEC wants to maintain a path to the playoff for Notre Dame is because if they don't, then that forces Notre Dame to the Big Ten. Right, right. Absolutely. So, you know, what's what's it's a zero-sum game. What you're getting, the other place is losing and vice versa. So. Everyone is at war with each other here. We'll get to Notre yeah. Dame. Yeah, I wrote a column Saturday after talking to a bunch of different people, including, you know, TV people. And, and you know, everyone's saying, hey, add Washington, add Oregon, you get Seattle and you get this big brand. And the Big Ten's ad of the Los Angeles schools was not just adding the Los Angeles schools. It was just, just decimating the the Pac-12. Yes. And so what it's all supply and demand. Right now there's three three leagues that have their football bid coming up. Big 12, Pac-12, and Big 10, and it's part of the Big 10. And Fox controls uh half, if not at least half of the uh, action and all of the Big 10 network. And their 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 presidents are serving as the consultants here. So they are not only Mark Silverman used to run the Big Ten Network. Now he's, you know, now he's serving as the consultant. Fox is basically negotiating the Big Ten's deal. Yeah. So Fox is out not just to bolster themselves and make more money for the Big Ten, but hurt the others, cause them to overpay. So what you have here is like this. So the most attractive option, if you're NBC, the best thing NBC could do or CBS, but certainly NBC would say, hey, we get we get some good Big Ten games wrapped around our Notre Dame package. So we're going in with noon, Iowa, Michigan State, and then we're leading right into Notre Dame playing somebody at 3.30, right? That's a nice yep. day of football. Right. They're going to get nice numbers, mm-hmm. okay? But you sit there and say, um, what if that – and CBS, they're saying, hey, we're going to get in on these big markets. Big 10 is the big dog right now. The Big 12 does not have the teams that can draw 4 million or more viewers a game. Uh, which is a real critical kind of number these guys talk about. Three and a half, four million. Can you get over that? And they just don't have it. And the Pac-12 had a few, but now they don't. And the Big Ten has more games to sell because you now mm-hmm. have all of the U- USC going anywhere in the Big Ten is going to be a big deal for a while. Sure. People are going to be really excited when they show up on camp. And UCLA, you got awesome. But the Pac-12 has nothing to offer. So if you were, let's say you were CBS and you're saying, we want the Big Ten, but if we can't get them, plan B is we'll take the Pac-12, just go all in on the Pac-12, market it, we're the West Coast League, sell our advertising to California, you know, all of that, and do what they did for the Pac- for the SEC at 3.30 Eastern, the Pac-12 at 3.30, and do your best. It's not ideal, but it's not bad. Right. That's off the table now. Yeah. And so supply and demand is you're now, the Big Ten is the only supply. It's if there are two houses in the neighborhood and one's a little better than the other, and the one that's better says, Hey, you know what we'll do? We'll put an addition on and make us even better, or we'll rip down half their house. <laughs> and now the only place for someone who wants to buy a house in this neighborhood is ours. The upbidding yeah. goes through the roof. Right. So the economic victory is not just adding USC and UCLA, but taking a competitor 
a plan B off the table. So all these other entities say, I have to have the Big Ten package. I have to be in on the Big Ten. The value add on that is greater than if they had taken six teams from the Pac-12. Yeah, absolutely. No, again, it's a a zero-sum game. So what you can do that helps you can hurt the... uh, Hurt the competition. That's what that's uh, I'm looking here. You use the phrase plan B. It's one thing I was told, uh, media insider. The most attractive plan B is off the board. No plan B. In reference. Yeah. So that now is the decimation of what just went down. The Pac 12. Now, you add to that the lack of the playoff bid. Yep. And these leagues are screwed. The rate. Yeah. We don't know. You'd have to bid now, not knowing whether these schools will be in the playoff plan. Not in, kind of in, maybe in. Right. If you had an automatic bid, you could say, look, the race for the Pac-12 title is going to matter nationally. And the Pac-12 championship game is now a six, eight million person view. Maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's Oregon and Utah and it's Friday night that weekend, we get eight million people watch. Now you've got added value off the table. It's probably not automatic bids. The SEC and the Big Ten, you talk about, you know, do you want to, you want to have access for Notre Dame. Yeah, they probably do. SEC does want access for Notre Dame because if there's no access for Notre Dame, Notre Dame will go to the Big Ten. We'll, we'll get to that more later. But they could still design a playoff where strength of schedule is the single biggest factor in getting an at-large bid. And who will have guaranteed the greatest strength of schedule? Yeah, the SEC I mean- and the Big Ten. No brainer. So if you're in one of these other leagues, you basically have to go 13 and 0 and and hope you make it. But we can set up, they can set up this thing any way they want. Hey, it's 12 teams with strength of schedule matters. So we're going to get nine of the 12 every year. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's the thing. And again, going back to to the to the great Dan Wetzel line from Thursday night. You dumbasses. They let the golden goose get out when they could have had it with very little sacrifice. And so now for 20 yeah, years, the scramble is on. For 20 years, they've let the Golden Goose walk away. Yeah. I, I'm going to, I got to look through my old book, but um, we had it in there. This is a lifeline. This is it. Link yourself. And yeah. now they're all going, think we could still get that? That's the one, number one call I prior see. Think they think the SEC would still give us that? No. I don't no. know. They better. You guys better yeah. start sending some flowers to, yeah. to, to Craig Sankey and apologize. I mean, the last week, Last we heard from Greg Sankey, he was saying more than once, we're fine with the playoff the way it is now. Greg Sankey. Been working pretty well for us. Yeah. You guys Four treated teams. him like dirt. You lined up an alliance against him like it was he was the <laughs> evil. And it's like, what are you doing? Greg Sankey did a good job. So the Pac-12 can try and they can link these guys up. And that's probably their best bet at survival. And, you know, in terms of, a fan that I am of general college football, I would like to see that. I don't want to see the Pac-12 yeah. or 10 or whatever die, but that is key. And it also, you have to give something to Arizona schools, Utah and Colorado to not sit there and say we're out. We're right. going Big 12. This is our better yeah. spot for us. A lot of stuff percolating there. I don't know how tangible it, it is, but uh, those schools would be the ones that would fairly natural fits for the big 12 if they went after them. And and if you're those schools, you're obviously listening right now. So uh, it's all the more reason for there to be urgency on the part of the PAC 12 to keep everyone that you currently have. And then they can decide if they want to add. And as you mentioned, I mean, yeah, like San Diego state, they're building a new stadium. It's SoCal. 
I think that would be a good addition. It's not a great academic school, but that's that's the way the it goes at this point. Yeah, right. And the same Boise. I mean, Boise was a junior college not that long ago, like thirty years ago. Uh, not exactly. You know, having them in Stanford in the same league is like mm, apples and pomegranates. It, it, but again, how choosy can Stanford be at this point? That's up to them to decide. Yeah, that stuff's just not a thing anymore. I remember when they got over taking Louisville in the ACC, and I remember, I think it was a quote from the Duke president at the time saying, we we decided we needed the most exciting athletic department. Yeah. Like, I've, I've never understood this concept. Like, did people, because a school like, okay, Louisville has lower academic standards than, I don't really care, but they have lower, they have lower admission standards than Duke. Okay, I think we're just stating facts here. Did any kid sit there and say, Wait, I'm not going to apply to Duke now because they play Louisville <laughs> in basketball. Did any company say I was going to do a research grant with Duke to try to cure cancer? But you know what? I, I don't want to now because they played Louisville last Thursday night on football. Like it just doesn't matter. Stanford will be Stanford. This is about football. This isn't about the U.S. News right. and World Report. Those presidents care about that stuff. Whether it's just sitting in boardrooms or whatever, they do. How'd you like to have a hundred and fifty million dollar athletic department and no football? Yeah, right. Or guess what? Our alternative is we had Boise and San Diego State, which not in the UC system, which Cal is and UCLA used to be. But if we don't do that, we're playing in Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> we're playing like <laughs> what is Houston? Uh, UCF. I mean, this is well. That's where I. I, I I still say, and this might be a Stanford-only thing, although you can watch with Duke, who's probably – Duke and Kansas might be feeling, geez, everybody's right when they say basketball doesn't matter because nobody's talking about them for an exp- for an expansion target. But this might be a Stanford-only thing, but they really could get to the point where you just say, ah, we're, we're out on big-time football. And we're, we're just an independence. Yeah. Yeah. Stanford, I could see do it because they really don't need the sports to market. They have all the other sports. Right. And they have all the money in the world in an endowment. What's their endowment? Yeah, it's like 27 billion. I think it's, yeah, it's, two, two, yeah, it's almost $30 billion endowment. So they, you know, this is what athletics does. They also have a huge athletic department that could get trimmed. Yes. You know, I mean, uh, yep. we won't get into all that rant, but, you know, maybe, maybe you can live without the squash team. Um, <laughs> Dan Wetzel continuing the campaign against Stanford sailing and squash. Sailing and squash. Maybe we don't need it. But that's separate. Let's say you do. Let's say you want it. Yeah. Or you find that sailing alum that wants to fund it. Yeah. You know, when we can do something. Yeah. So I could see that as Stanford just saying this is this is causing more problems for us than what we want to be. And we go to sort of a pseudo somewhere between being Alabama and the University of Chicago and just kind of going in the middle. here. (laughs) We still want to play basketball Mm -hmm. and we want all our other things. But you know what? The West Coast Conference is fine for us for all that. Right. And just drop football. I don't know. Seems crazy. But there would be a lump. But there's no good option if this isn't it. So if it if it's that or yes, we'll play Boise. All right. Okay. Let's take yeah. Let's be reasonable here. All right. I want to do this. I will play a game. Who can get Notre Dame? Notre Dame is the, the bell of the ball. There's no question. Everyone wants Notre Dame. Notre Dame is independent. Notre Dame doesn't want to go anywhere. Ideally, Notre Dame continues to be independent. They see incredible value in playing a national schedule in football. In the next four years, I was looking up for a column, they will play in 
or against teams from 21 different states wow. in the next four years. Since Marcus Freeman took over, whatever, seven, eight months ago, he has taken commitments or signings from 26 players. They hail from 16 different states. Yeah. Yep. They cast a very shallow net, but it is very wide. And they have to have that national recruiting base or they can't be Notre Dame. They also get students from all over the country and they get all this other stuff. Huge value for Notre Dame. It is their identity. Don't join a conference. They wanted to join the Big Ten a long time ago and the anti-Catholic sentiments. And there's all sorts of pride in Notre Dame being independent. So they don't want to do it. But you wrote about this. What are the three main things that Notre I'll let you just handle it. What are the three main things that matter to Notre Dame right now? Uh, yeah, first of all, yes, independence is, as it was said to me by somebody familiar with their thinking at this point, still the preference and the leader in the clubhouse. Now, the, the next sentence was, just got to see what other shoes are going to drop. So, I mean, they this thing could still get destabilized to the point that they have to give up independence. If that happens, the Big Ten is the obvious choice. There would be some, you know, pain and some dismay taking their programs out of the ACC. Uh, geographically, they're a much better fit in the Big Ten. But but in terms of, here we go again, but like-minded institutions, smaller, private, Catholic, uh, or just generally like high academic schools, that's Duke, that's Wake Forest, that's Boston College, uh, the other academic schools, Virginia, North Carolina, Georgia Tech, uh, Miami, they fit in there well with those. But they would they would pull up stakes and go lock, stock, and barrel to the Big Ten if they feel like the ACC is falling apart or if they, they feel like the playoff is not either not going to exist or they're just not going to have an avenue to compete for a national championship. So those would be the two things to watch for them. Uh, they could go all in with the ACC if the ACC somehow presents itself as maybe it's maybe it would be an unequal revenue share. There's been a lot of talk about that, about the ACC no longer uh, giving out equal payouts. And maybe they make Notre Dame most favored nation status and you get an unbelievable deal to come in there. But but no, money is really not driving this for them. I think Notre Dame is like, all right, we don't have to have a two hundred million dollar budget. We're fine doing it the way we've been doing it in terms of, you know, a little bit leaner and smaller. We, they, I think, have 23 three sports, 23 sports, $150 million uh, budget. Yeah. Uh, by comparison, Ohio State's like $215 million, 33 teams. Michigan's like $201 million. So it doesn't seem that much, but it's 25, 30% bigger, 40% bigger athletic department. So Notre Dame can maybe survive with a little less money, uh, to your point, Pat. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I think that, you know, no, I think that that's another reason they don't have to sit there and chase the money. You but know, they I, do I, care about two other things. Not the, the money isn't the number one issue at Notre Dame. That's what you're saying. Right. Absolutely. No, right. That yes, that there are other things that, that matter more than that. Okay. May, there, there were a few things written, you know, in the aftermath this Friday, Saturday, various places where it was like, ah, oh, the money's just going to become too too big a, a factor. And I, I, I'm not sure that's going to be the case. Right. Um, but what do they care about? First of all, they, they, they got to maintain their independence uh, as best they can. Uh, that You mentioned the national recruiting scope and the national competition scope, the schedule nationwide. And then it's just access to the playoff and uh, the stability of, of, of where to put their, their non-football sports. So they've got their non-football sports in the ACC till 2036. So they've got that. 
national scope of the school is very important. There is the, the, the state that provides the most students to Notre Dame is Illinois, and it's only like 12% of their student body. Nobody else is over seven and a half. I think California's second. Yeah. So they try to get kids from everywhere, and obviously they try to get recruits from everywhere. So uh, that matters. But the playoff access, and this is why Jack, Jack Swarbrook, their AD, sat on the committee to create that 12-team playoff, and they loved that plan. Yeah. Because if the Irish were good, they were getting in the playoff. And he was willing to give up the idea of ever hosting or ever getting a bye. Right. Just to secure Notre Dame's access. If they have access to the championship, that's why this playoff plan was so important for these other leagues, they have a chance. And you look at the way Marcus Freeman's recruiting, it's unbelievable right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that number one recruiting class for 2023 so far. So far. Just keep keep landing. They're going to end up fourth, something like that. They're going to have a, the, the best class they've had in a long time. You have to have access to that championship game. All right. But if you were going to, if they were going to make the jump, if they felt they had to, let's go through who could get them. And I know some of this is a little farcical, but the, the answer could be 0%. What would the Big 12 have to do to get Notre Dame? We'll go through all five leagues. Is there yeah, anything, uh, and what is the Big 12's plan right now? I guess we can discuss that as well as we kind of figure this out. I think... If the Big 12 allowed Notre Dame to, like, build a satellite campus cost-free with a giant basilica in San Antonio, (laughs) maybe they could get Notre Dame. In other words, 0% chance. Notre Dame is not going to join the same league with Texas Tech and West Virginia. I feel confident in saying that. Virtually no chance. The only thing that adds, they have a very spread out, uh, I mean, they're in Texas and Florida a little and stuff like that, but yeah. They'd, I would say they'd have to somehow guarantee them about $150 million a year. Literally pay yeah. the entire athletic. You're going to have to overpay. By, <laughs> right. I, it's yeah. not worth it. So mm-hmm. uh, 0%. The Big 12 is trying to expand. They would love to add the Pac-12 schools. Yep. And they have, as I have heard, really zeroed in on the Arizona, Utah, Colorado bit and just said, you fit here. You're a value add for us. And I think you'll be happy here, opposed to we take Oregon and Washington and Cal and Stanford for four years, five-year deal, and they're going to leave right after that. So, Because the one thing the Big 12 schools have going right now is nobody wanted them, so they're right. very, very tight. They're like, y'all, everyone yeah. said no to us, so we're just going to be our <laughs> own thing. That is true. The best thing the Big 12 did, really the kind of luckiest thing they did, was to get rejected by the Pac-12. You know, and then said like, okay, we're going to band together and then we're going to take the best from the rest and put together a league that could work, I think. And and so they did at least give themselves some strength in numbers and some strength in unity. They're like the Lambda, Lambda, Lambda house in Revenge of the Nerds <laughs> or or the Delta house at, at uh, Animal House. Like they're yeah. the fraternity of a bunch of kids that nobody could, they couldn't get into any other fraternity. Right. So thus the rejected are tight. <laughs> they are bonded. So they're not going anywhere. But Arizona, I mean, that would be a nice, nice get for them. Certainly those Arizona schools in Utah and Colorado. And I think Bluto could have gotten into Arizona. <laughs> and, who wouldn't want Bluto around? Really? That's a good I mean, point. You know, yeah, it's something point. to the campus. Campus. You're always looking for diversity. There's some diversity. Bluto. Um anyway. Uh, yeah, so 
zero. Okay, Pac-12, what chance would they have of ever landing? And we kind of already discussed their plan, but uh, I would consider this zero also. Yeah, unless, I mean, if they, maybe they gave Notre Dame all the profits from Disneyland for like five years. They're not even in L.A., so... Well, that's anymore. to see that that's true. They can't even access that. What can they do then? Um, we'll give them the Golden Gate Bridge. There you go. Give them all toll profits from the Golden Gate Bridge for several years. Uh, no, I just I, zero chance. Okay. The ACC. Is there anything the ACC can do to get Notre Dame to say we're in on football also full time? Right now, the ACT, ACC is the side piece. Taking all the other sports, and mm-hmm. here's five games a year. You get access to our markets. You play all our teams. When when COVID hits and you're out of opponents, we'll take you for a year. But uh, friend zone for the ACC. Yep, we're not we're not committing all the way. Maybe more than friend zone. Yeah. Is there anything they can do? Because if they could get Notre Dame, it would dramatically change the ACC's future. Could save the ACC. Could save the yep. ACC. So what do you I, do? I, 10% chance, maybe 15. Uh, but again, I, I think what they would have to do would be to agree to an uneven revenue split that becomes a real sweetheart deal for Notre Dame. But at the same time, if you do that, then Clemson's right there saying, well, wait a minute, we need an uneven revenue split as well. And North Carolina might, might ask for that, and Florida State might ask for it, and so on. So even that would be difficult. And the other part of this that you know just in terms of personalities coming together here Jim Phillips and Jack Swarbrick despite both being Notre Dame alums are not the chummiest of people right now after after Jim Phillips helped uh, blockade the playoff expansion that Swarbrick worked on I have a hard time right now seeing those two guys sitting down now obviously desperate times call for desperate measures and you can put aside personal differences or frustrations but uh, it's not like they're calling up and saying, hey, you know, how's it going every day to each other? You would have to get over, I think, a little bit of personal grievance there to make that happen. But the ACC, I give them a slim chance. I don't give them a great chance. It had to overpay. That would mean Clemson would have to be <laughs> Notre Dame over. Like, no. But, yeah, you'd have, again, 100-plus million dollar guarantee will pay you that you're going to be in our league. And and it would it, the, the Notre Dame loves the ACC because they want to be in the southeast and they want to be up and down the east coast. Yep. And recruiting wise, it's, the ACC is this deal is perfect. Notre Dame had gotten that playoff deal; they were perfect, and they threw out the yep. okie doke. So all the reaction early was Notre Dame's idiots. They're not going to take the the bid. Remember we we joked about that. We're not going to take yeah. that buy. Notre Dame is screwed. They're so dumb. No, S- never call Notre Dame dumb. <laughs> okay, you can call them all sorts of other names and people enjoy doing it, but they have managed to pull this off for 120 years. They're not dumb. <laughs> yeah. They're smarter than you, and they had it. Yeah. They had yeah. it. The ACC's blocking of the playoff is particularly a- angering to Notre Dame and the SEC because I think they felt if they had got they had the Big 12, the SEC had the Big 12, Notre Dame in the Pac-12 wanted to do it. Klyakov was like, we're in favor of expansion, but we voted no. Like, okay, what is going on? <laughs> right. If the yeah. ACC said we're in, then the Big Ten has to be the only thing out there blocking it. Right. And they could sit there and say, okay, 
We won't do it now, but we will now immediately convene the next plan. And in 2026, this is going to be the plan. Big Ten, you in or out? Right. They yeah. could have put the heat on them. They had every, They would have had everybody. The Big Ten got the Pac-12 and the ACC to help do their bidding and was able to block it without it being the one person, the one entity. They would have called chicken on them. They would have said, what do you, you know, all sorts of stuff. They could have put a lot of heat. And yeah. the fear, you remember what got the Big Ten, I always thought the thing that got the Big Ten to play during COVID was when Notre Dame said we're in. Yeah, because right. Because all the Big Ten, oh, these schools in the South, they're all crazy. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they don't care about, they don't, they're not smart. They don't know academic. And, and they could look down their noses at, oh, Mississippi State's playing football. Well, sure, whatever. And then all of a sudden, Notre Dame's like, we're playing. And there were literally games right there, right in the heart of the Big yeah. Ten. And they all, and like, oh, we can't call them. Again, can't yeah. call them dumb. No. Call them whatever, no. but don't call them, stop <laughs> calling them dumb. Big Ten folded like a bad tent or something like that. They could have done it. That's why that there's so much animosity at the ACC for blocking that playoff thing because Klyakov wanted to right. do it. Yeah. And and forming that alliance that was not really an alliance. I would say you'd have to overpay very, very little chance. I guess the only thing would be if uh, they felt their competitiveness was better. It, it allows them to play more of a national... I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons... The ACC, there are some things the ACC has that are advantages over the Big Ten. Yeah. So that geographic diversity. What 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 they don't need to do is play more games in the Midwest. They want to play as few games in the Midwest as possible. They'll right. take their home games and an occasional other game, but they want to get out of there. Yeah. So and the, like you said, you're you're up and down the seaboard. You're getting into Florida. Right. You're playing near Atlanta, Charlotte, where Notre Dame right. is recruiting extremely well. And other than Clemson. Which hey, even Notre Dame beat Clemson a couple of years ago. But other than Clemson, who you be who would you be afraid of playing in that league? Nobody. So Miami's yeah. getting good, but that's fine. Bring them yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Florida State can be good. All right. Let's go this one. SEC. Is there any way the SEC would take Notre Dame, or any chance that Notre Dame would go to the SEC? They became oh, the these strange bedfellows in playoff <laughs> partnerships. So. <laughs> This is the beauty of this thing. My enemy's enemy is my still my enemy, but on right. this thing, it ain't so bad. Uh, the SEC would certainly take Notre Dame. The chances of Notre Dame saying, yes, we will happily join a league with Mississippi State, Auburn, LSU, Mississippi. No, that's not happening. That is not happening. Kentucky, South Carolina. No, 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 no. That's a zero percent. Zero. Zero. They remember that awesome Georgia series, though. There has that that has to give you at least one percentage point. It was an awesome series. Georgia won both games. They're 0 yeah. 2 against Georgia. The academics at that point, the academics has to stop mattering. And Georgia is a good school. Florida, Texas, Vanderbilt. I mean, it's it's not it's not yeah. it's not that bad. Growing area of the country, the unsurpassed number one per, uh, league in the thing. A chance to just tell the Big Ten, oh, my God, the Big Ten would have a freaking heart attack if Notre Dame joined. <laughs> yes. And, and Alabama and Georgia and these but. schools are playing right there in South Bend, 90 minutes from Chicago, right on the Michigan-Indiana border. Nightmare. <laughs> it's the money. It's number one. We want to be number one. We're the champ. We're Notre Dame. Academics are always going to matter with Notre Dame. How, now, whether how, they should or not is fine. We can have that argument. What at, like, But in terms of recruiting students, right? That's the big thing. 
the SEC schools are doing a great job of getting more applicants because of SEC football. Yeah. Like Alabama, half the school comes from outside Alabama now. Yeah. That, when we were coming up, that would be, well, are you kidding me? Why would anyone go to Alabama? I know. Look, from, from Florida the north, Georgia. You'd be like, what? Why would you go to Alabama? Like, all right, fine. But why? Why would you could you drive by like 35 other really good schools on the way to Alabama? Now yeah. it's all kids from New Jersey up there. I've got your favorite rankings right here in all front right, of me. Let's Dan do Russell. it. Let's do it. USA, US News National Report, US News National and World Report. World Report. Get it right. National Pat. University rankings. Okay. So, how many? I'm going to, we'll, we'll quiz you here. How many of the Big Ten teams out of 14, not counting USC and UCLA, are in the top 95 in the Big Ten. How many big, top 95 U.S. News and World Report Big Ten schools? Mm-hmm. Not counting USC and UCLA, because they're both Not in. counting USC and UCLA. I would say everyone except Nebraska. You're right. 13 out of 14. Okay, and that would go 15 out of 16 now. It would go 15 Not out of 16. Not only that, you just added two top 20s. I get it. I two, get it. We're going to get yep. to your little Big Ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. SEC, how many? Top 95. Yes. Florida, Georgia, Vanderbilt, and Texas. uh, Well, not even counting Texas. Not counting Vanderbilt, Florida, Georgia, Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Okay. Texas and Texas A&M. And they're going to add Texas. So you'd be And then everybody's down in the hundreds and you get down. I mean, you get down into the sketchy hundreds, you know? So at some point, you just got to be like, hey. The presidents know these rankings. It's not 0%. Yeah, but like Dan said, just because you play football, like, does it? I, I'm not you arguing know with that people. logic, but I'm, t- I'm telling you what, I'm telling you what happens in the presidential, in the presidential offices and in the board of trustees meetings. I'm telling you, if Notre Dame joined the SEC, like <laughs> everyone around the country, high school kids would be like, oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> it would be, oh my it would be god. The, mind-blowing move. They already have too many applicants. They can't, like, some of these schools get so good. Like, every kid's got, like, a 35 or a 36 on his ACT and a 4.3. Like, this, you sort of just, we don't have any more spots. Right. Right? It's like Harvard. They're like, I don't know how to pick these kids because it doesn't matter. They're all good. Everyone's great. That would be such a bombshell for the Big Ten. I mean, for Notre Dame. It would be awesome. Be totally crazy. But I mean, nobody's going to be like that. Would that would add excitement to the Notre Dame brand and everything? Not anyone sitting there saying, "I'm not going to go to Notre Dame now because we might have to play Mississippi State in football." <laughs> yeah, they could they can gold plate this football stadium now, not just the dome. Too. <laughs> they could. <laughs> but then also, you you know, your people who have their names on the chemistry building uh, and this other building and that, what, that the you chemistry know, prizes ceases, and stuff. Science ceases to exist in South Bend if the no, Mississippi State like, Bulldogs are playing basketball yeah, you, across campus. Me, yes. You, you don't think they're going to get on the phone and say, what what are we doing here? Why why are these it, people it, with cowbells coming on our campus? academic program with them or even whatever. Who cares? They can do science and in Starkville too, or something. I think they got like a big <laughs> marijuana farm down there. Animal science. Yeah. They do that. They do. Eh, whatever. I mean, do. all right. I'm just. I'm saying, you. never say never. <laughs> I'm saying never. This is that. That's a move straight out of like the NCAA video game that used to just <laughs> blow everything. I up. think Greg Sankey yeah. has got a plan here. He's been, been, co- been cozying in. <laughs> it's. It, 
He might have a plan. I'm just not sure it's an executable plan. Like I, I unconfirmed reports. Like Greg Sankey's trying to become more Midwestern. He was eating corn on the cob on the Fourth of July, right? <laughs> like Iowa sweet corn. I think he took his family vacation to the Great Wolf Lodge up in Sandusky, Ohio. Also rode the <laughs> he did not. Yes, he did not rode it's steel absolute. vengeance wearing blue and gold. <laughs> I you know just. Stopped into South Bend because it's such a happening downtown. Yeah. Oh, boy. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Petty crime is what's happening in downtown South Bend. All right. Big 10. Chances. Yeah. This is by it. Far, by only far the leading option. I mean, the, the leading option, again, is independence. But the only real viable conference option is the Big 10. And I would say, you know, if you're going to put numbers on it, 60 55 to 60 percent chance Notre Dame stays independent 45 percent let's say let's say 55 40 for the big 10 and five percent chance for the ACC all right I've greased you from zero to five <laughs> that's the ACC not oh, the SEC oh, oops no SEC still at zero point zero uh, so. Big Ten obviously fits in a number of ways. There'll be a ton of money. You got the the rival. You're right there. Um, it also at this point assures a lot of what Notre Dame wants. Right, you're going to be playing in the East Coast with Maryland and Rutgers and Penn State. You're going to be playing out west now with UCLA and USC. So you got three non-conference games. You can make that Navy game. You know they usually play it all over anyway. They can even make Navy play it all over. Yeah, uh, sure. Well, Navy doesn't have to, but they often move it around. This year is in Baltimore, but Notre mm-hmm. Dame is fine with that. But they've bought the Navy, I believe, has hosted the game in San Diego. They, yeah. I mean, if I'm Notre Dame, I'm saying, look, at Navy, we love you. We've been playing you forever, but you got it. We're never coming back to Maryland because we're already in Maryland. So you get, yeah. need to you need to schedule this game in in Florida, Texas or San Diego or wherever we wherever we need you. And then they basically yeah. make it the Shamrock Series. Exactly. When you have, or you also have the Shamrock series every year. So you play somebody yeah, you else. Could, you could make that a standing Shamrock. I believe you know? they're playing somebody in Las Vegas this year, aren't they? BYU in Las BYU Vegas. BYU in Las Vegas, right? So they want to be around. You could still piece together and you are still keeping your, I mean, look, they have an annual game right now in California, alternate years. Mm-hmm. They either play Stanford yep. or LA, or uh, USC. So USC would stay. I don't know. If you got to go, this is it. My, their fear, though, is just we're just another tradition, big stadium team in the Midwest. And there's a whole bunch of those. This right. is what happened in Nebraska. Yeah. Like, hey, look how big our stadium is. And look at well, we got all everyone's got that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden now Notre Dame clearly thinks much higher than themselves in Nebraska. They're also not as geographically thing, but they don't have a local recruiting base. They don't, you know, having to right. play, having to go up against. Ohio State and a steady diet of Ohio State and Michigan every year. And those ones, it's it's not as easy. So I don't know. I guess their other option is pseudo independence. See, they kind of already have that, what they have, but you could try to form your own league yeah. and take Stanford right. and say, hey, BC right. or I don't, you know, like if Boston College wanted out of the ACC, the ACC would be like, go ahead. Yeah. Right. Like cause some of those teams are like, you're locked in. Well, not yeah. everybody's locked in. <laughs> BC and I mean you can go through the the ACC really you can go through all of these but considering the the fragility of the ACC there's a lot of schools in that league that are like 
the house guest that's like trying to be overly helpful. Hey, can I help you clean up after the party? You know, can I, can I get you anything? Let me go. I can run out and get you a coffee. You know, that's BC. That's Louisville. That's Pittsburgh. That's Syracuse. You all need to do a little sucking up. Yeah. You got to, uh, yeah, you sleep on the couch, but get up early, make the, make it, make the bed. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Rake some leaves on the weekend. I don't know. <clears throat> all right. Anything else you heard this weekend that you found interesting? Yeah, one other interesting element I kind of picked up talking to people is some speculation that obviously with Fox now driving the Big Ten bus, that this will all the more firmly establish their big noon kickoff uh, vehicle. You know, I think that was a great idea for them that they took hold of that early window. And I think the early window is really valuable, sets the agenda for the whole day. The teams that play at noon get talked about all day long on all the replays and highlight shows and everything else. Uh, and, it, and it adds credence to your pregame show, which was going is going up against the monolith of ESPN game day. So then, I, you know, there was some speculation. People I talked to, Fox basically doubles down on the A-list Big Ten games being at noon, which means get ready for 9 a.m. kickoffs at home for USC and UCLA. But also, then you can now disperse uh, your B games to whoever else jumps in, whether it's CBS, whether it's Apple, uh, whoever the case may be, to 3.30 and to primetime. And, you know, again, you you have you have got a chance to, to take on the whole freaking day from noon, really 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific, till after midnight uh, with your West Coast games with it are not scheduled early. So you can organize this. You can also, and this is, I think, will happen, this is part of what is driving down the price of Big 12 and Pac-12. You can counter-program a lot of things. So yes, one of the reasons you can sit there and say, hey, look, uh, an Oregon, I don't know, there's been times Stanford-Oregon was top 10 matchup, right? That yeah. game would still yeah. be really big. Or Oklahoma State and uh, and Baylor, they're both 10-0. and 0. That'd be a huge game. And you're like, yeah, that would be. And maybe that could get over 4 million viewers, get into a higher number. But but the SEC and the Big Ten have so many good games. Nobody else is watching TV. Yes, 5 million people will watch that. But if you're stuck going against Ohio State, USC, you're not going to get five. You might still get a good number. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah. it, oh, we're going to do it 3.30. This is it. Baylor versus Oklahoma State or 7 o'clock, Baylor, Oklahoma State. Well, over on ABC, they're going to have LSU playing Florida. And over on Fox, they're going to have Ohio State playing whatever, yeah. Penn State. Yeah. There's only so many people watching this sport. Yeah. So you have so few games, they can just whack you that way, especially if you go one of these alternative, you're on NBC or like, you know, NBC, Fox is going to give Fox and ESPN are going to give no help to CBS, NBC, Turner, or any of these others. No help. Right. So none becomes really tough, just becomes really tough for those things. Uh, you wonder if one of them, you know, with the Pac-12 be better just saying we're going to own Friday nights or something of that nature. Yeah. To yeah, try to that, because that, the counter program is going to be brutal. The Big Ten and the SEC now have so many good games. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like when you look at the numbers of you know total viewers on things, it, you're when you have a good match, when you have that Oklahoma State Baylor game, and they're both good, it's good. But when one of them's six and two, and the other one's four and four, it's not that people aren't going to watch it. And meanwhile, everybody's always watching Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. Doesn't matter. They are going to watch every game. Every game that they play is going to be a big number. And now you're adding USC. Now, they can be fickle up and down. But if you also added Notre Dame, which people will watch almost every game of them, 
you you start piling up those properties where you could you could stack a must watch team or game almost every time slot. Bring up the playoff rankings. So strength of schedule is the most important thing. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. always going to have a whole bunch of top ten matchups. Like they can reverse engineer everything going forward. This is why you had to agree to the damn playoff. You dumbass. This does not have to be a fair playoff going. You didn't think it was fair before? Right. <laughs> yeah. Wait till what we could have coming up next. <laughs> Guess who gets to write the rules? <laughs> it ain't you. Yeah. Someone said they were gonna they changed their ringtone to me saying you dumbasses. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Great moments in podcast history. I think that was Pastor Conrad, I believe, who had done that. Yeah. All right. We got to get to this. Um, we had two stories that everybody sent to us. Uh, this yeah, one is you. courtesy of L. Duncan, the ESPN Sports Center host and ESPN uh, personality anchor, all that reporter. She reports July 4th, 9.56 a.m. in Atlanta. My flight is being held up because a woman has an emotional support turkey (laughs) on the plane. And they aren't sure if that's allowed. All caps, you can't make this up. (laughs) Update, she can go to Hartford with the turkey. JT, that's all. (laughs) Finally, uh, everyone was screaming, get a picture. We need proof. Uh, I want to get a picture. But y'all, she's in row 39. I'm in row three. First class for L. Duncan. Good job. Yeah, yeah. You'd hope so. And I've been at Essence having fun and I'm on two hours of sleep. All right, L. Duncan. <laughs> so I'm going to sprint off this airplane and y'all have to believe that a woman brought a turkey on the plane. So I, let me start with this. I applaud L. Duncan for getting first class. I yep. applaud L. Duncan for drinking all night at Essence, not sleeping. Yeah. yeah. Um, But I condemn L. Duncan for not having... <laughs> putting any service into the pod she probably doesn't listen (laughs) to she needs to she should she should and getting us a picture of the damn turkey on the plane al you are a journalist (laughs) yeah you are a little journalism here you're not an anchor i'm not gonna let you just go i'm just the anchor no get out there come on al duncan come on we need the turkey picture we need the turkey picture like Certainly the thing had to be in a carrier of some kind, right? I mean, preferably in a basting pan with no feathers, but <laughs> it's got to be in a carrier as opposed to like just on a leash or something, right? I have an emotional support turkey every Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> it is my emotional support on Thanksgiving Day every year. Every single year. It's not. I would, yeah. be, I would be upset if I didn't have it. Absolutely. Yep, I fry mine and it's always going to be fried. See, yes. So I'm fine with that kind of emotional support turkey. I'm not fine with the living kind. And I, I do just want to know, like, how do you get through security with a turkey? How do you get on? Like, you're just walking around Hartsfield International, that zoo of an airport with a turkey? Like a, like a little leash around it or something? I, I don't know. No, I think I, you yeah. got to have it in a little cage. But but those things are big. You have to take a big cage. I, I Tell me about it, man. Yeah. They, they chop the head off and it still runs around. It's like stranger <laughs> things. You can't kill these things. Uh, yeah. I don't I've know. seen damage turkeys have done to cars. It's big. I mean, you know, those. I just, I just don't. It's not that far to drive from Atlanta to Hartford. What is it? About <laughs> 10 hours or something? 
Let me look. Okay. Dr- driving with a turkey in the car doesn't sound like a well, picnic. Well, neither does flying. But why? why I, you know how I feel. I don't want. I don't want any emotional support animals. I want no animals on airplanes. So I am not sympathizing at all with the turkey person here. This goes but. to our original one, where the lady needed the the, the horse. What was the flirty? Yeah. The horse flirty, flirty to fly from mm-hmm. Chicago to Omaha. You can drive it. <laughs> You can definitely not, drive. I, I, I guess I would have a more. I would both have more and less, but I would have more understanding. Is like I have to fly to. I flew from Detroit to Seoul, Korea. It took sixteen hours. <laughs> I had an emotional support whiskey. That's that was how I made it through. But at least I would understand. This is a very long flight. We went over the North Pole. Like if we go down, we're dead. <laughs> Nobody can come get us. We flew over Siberia. I, I don't get scared flying, but if you were, go- if I was ever going to be scared flying, this would have been the flight. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you're not only are you dead, but you'll never be found. Never like, found. You know. You're basically off yeah. the radar. That little map on the plane doesn't even work because mm-hmm. you're yeah. going over the North Pole. There's just nothing. So you wouldn't even get a decent burial. You'd just be just oh, food. you'd just be frozen forever. They'd never get your body. So if I was going to be afraid and needed some emotional support, I would do that. It lands at a Hartford. I guess it's fifteen hours. I'm looking. I don't know. I just. But why a turkey? Want, Who gets so close why? to a turkey? We are weird. I, I don't know. You're a weirdo. The dog. Yeah. I get. I, I even the dog. I kind of get. I, I don't yeah. want it on the plane. But people love their dogs. They love cats. A freaking turkey. That's dinner. <laughs> uh, ben Franklin liked turkeys. He thought they should have been the national bird, but. I mean, God, do they have any sort of like, are they affectionate at all? Are they nice? You know, I mean, are they happy to see a human being? I mean, I know they're not happy to see us in November because we're coming to kill them. But nah. Well, this is crazy. This is not even the the craziest uh, story we have. No. Involving no, it's a good animals. week so for we'll crazy end stories. With this because we need so after as a college football is uh, being immolated, self-immolating itself. <laughs> this is the only way to self-immolate is to do it yourself. Uh, all right, this is from Jacksonville, Florida. CBS 47 and Fox 30, they seem to be combined. I don't know how that works. Action News Jacks. It's like sharing the Big Ten TV rights. <laughs> there you go. We have realignment in the TV world. Yeah, too. yeah Jacksonville TV went through some weird mm-hmm. realignment because CBS and Fox are together. Anyway, Action News Jacks. Kristen Rary of Action News Jacks. A Jacksonville man has been accused of murdering his neighbor's rooster. Now a feud between the two has ended in a 30-hour jail stay and a lot of fighting. Oh, boy. Now that's a story I'm going to read and a lot of people sent to me. I'm glad the moment someone murders a rooster in Jacksonville, Florida, (laughs) some of you sickos immediately think of us. Sully, can you play the Action News Jack's report? Because it it is a doozy. Neighbors in a fight over a dead rooster and one of them facing a felony charge. This led the news. Yeah, and the two neighbors say they will not come to an agreement, but no matter what, it ended with one of them spending 30 hours inside the jail on an animal cruelty charge he says he disagrees with. I didn't know to give it a 21-gun salute. CPR, mouth to mouth, you know, or call the chicken ambulance. Big Roo was Jason Day Felice's pet rooster. That is until James Nix hit it with a stick. So I'm defending myself. You know, I was feared for my safety and the chicken, you know, uh, died. Nick says the rooster attacked people. I have not heard that because I know the neighbor here. uh, I know him. Like, we're, we're friends. 
he never said anything to me about it. I did tell him after the chicken hit my dad, I said, hey man, the chicken attacked my dad. Oh, what's the deal? It's just a chicken. What's he going to do? You know, okay, well, look. The neighbors <laughs> even disagree on how others saw Big Roo. The kids that used to live over there, they were throwing rocks and sticks at this chicken to keep it away. I know the kids down here, they played with the rooster a little bit, like would throw rocks at it and chase it. So one day when Nick says the rooster followed him and attacked him. His neck flares up and he's doing his thing and he's trying to jump up at me. He was trying to get the animal away. And I try to hit it, but the chicken's jumping up at me and I accidentally knocked it in the head. <laughs> You know, call it a lucky shot, whatever. But when Dave Felice came home, all he saw was his rooster dead in a ditch. I said, I'm calling JSO. I called JSO. JSO didn't do nothing. Then a couple days later, I, I realized I could call animal control. And in late June, James Nix went to jail for animal cruelty. Next thing you know, he calls the chicken police on me. While the neighbors continue the fight, Nick says he never should have been arrested. Chickens are dying every day, people, at churches, Popeyes, and Kentucky Fried Chicken. Really. All right. Well, well I think we know who's winning the Emmy in Jacksonville, Florida market this year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my the goodness. The chicken police. <laughs> <laughs> Amazingly, there are quotes that didn't even make the TV. <laughs> I don't. They should have done blanket coverage on this. I just check my mail and turn around, and I hear bang, 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 and I turn around. There's a chicken out in the street, and I go, "Oh boy, here we go." <laughs> turn around, walk up to my place, bang, 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 bang. Now the chicken's in my yard. Now its neck flares up. So I pick up a stick, I try to hit it, but the chicken's jumping at me. I actually knocked in the head. You know, call it a lucky shot. He said that. <laughs> Duval, my <laughs> goodness, <laughs> holy cow! How did Urban Meyer not succeed down there? <laughs> These are his people. All right, that is uh, like but, you know when the reporter got back to the station, she probably grabbed everybody and said, "You got to listen to all this audio. You got to see this video." Like, all right, oh, let, let's people's court. Uh, yeah. Should he serve like prison time up to five years? According to this uh, report, should he serve prison time for killing the neighbor's rooster? Yes. Lock his ass up. Really? Maximum maximum sentence, man. You can't just be out there swinging sticks at, at pet roosters. What if he comes after you? You just, just you disregarding you, the attack by the rooster? You kick him a little or whatever, but don't swing at his head with a stick. Call it a lucky shot. But no, I... You can't now. You cannot kill another man's rooster like that just arbitrarily. Did it really attack him or, or not? That's the other thing. Five years in prison for this? Yeah, what about lock him up. His point, chickens die every day, people, at churches, <laughs> Popeye's, Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's a demonstrable fact, Pat. It is. Although but not this guy didn't do anything for the for the common good of the people. He left the thing dead in the ditch. That's he said so. Point. That's a good point. You know, if you're going to fry it and make sandwiches and hand them out to people, okay. Sully, the piece of evidence that I'm really cluing in on is how the kids down the street used to ward it off with sticks and rocks. Like, this is already a, a loose cannon of a chicken. <laughs> loose cannon. This is a, this is a, a series of attacks here. So I, I think we should just make this guy have like a chicken fry every Friday for the neighborhood, bring everybody together, and that's, that's all he has to do. No, no jail time for this guy. Too lenient. Too lenient. Soft on chicken, chicken crime. Just have a chicken fry. Feed feed everybody. Bring the whole neighborhood together and 
Um, the world is a better place. First off, Just, Justice Wetzel, what do you got? Stand my ground law here. I mean, if it, if you if a rooster comes in my yard and is coming after me or my family, I'm going to defend my my property. My <laughs> defend your property. I'm going to defend my. I'm going to stand my ground, and that chicken's going to get it. As for okay. leaving it in the ditch, not the best move, but he did know what is the protocol here. I didn't know to give it a 21 gun salute. <laughs> CPR, mouth to mouth, do you know? <laughs> or call mouth to beak. Or call the chicken ambulance. I will say this. James Nix is not at all remorseful. And he's oh, going to. No. Uh, no. James judge, Nix has been waiting to be interviewed by the local news his whole <laughs> life. That's what came clear If I was you. the lawyer for James Nix, I would have done this interview much differently. I'm very <laughs> sad. This is a tragedy that uh, my neighbors, Jason, uh, he's a nice guy, but his rooster was out of control, and I, I I feel terrible about it. You don't start making jokes about mouth to mouth and then calling the chicken police. <laughs> <laughs> he's lucky; he only did thirty hours. Yeah, how about that one, man? What are you in for? Armed robbery? What are you in for? Killed my wife? What are you in for? This rooster is really annoying. <laughs> yeah. Beat a rooster with a stick. You're going to get your ass kicked in prison just for being so dumb to get your ass in there. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, maybe the SEC isn't for Notre Dame. <laughs> let's let's think about this. Let's think this through. Come on. Oh, they got crazies in Indiana. They got crazies they, in Indiana. They do. They this do. could happen anywhere. I, I'm not sure this could happen anywhere. Keep but. your pet rooster in your property, people. Yep, and keep your emotional support turkey off the airplane. Yeah. And if it does, and L. Duncan is sleeping one off in row three, send it up there. <laughs> All right. That's the pod. We'll be back uh, later in the week with more uh, rumors, gossip, and speculation. There is a lot going on. We appreciate everyone listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. If you're new, our numbers are uh, awful big on this. Uh, please stick around. So the best way to do that is to subscribe. Leave us a a positive review, share us on social media, tell your friends about us. Uh, it's just getting wilder and the season's right around the corner. So we will talk to you later. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.